Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Previously on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy, it's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Stafford right back to work, going to hand off to Williams from two yards away, and he plows his way into the end zone, and the Rams score a touchdown in the opening possession. Stafford out of the gun, hands off to Williams right up the gut, and he slithers into the end zone, basically untouched. Richardson again out of the gun, and again he's going to run after taking it to Zach Moss. This time he gallops to the 40-yard. Line. I think the ball came out though in plus territory. The Rams think they have it. All right, here's a 54 yard field goal for Brett Maher. It's got the distance and it is good. They now lead the Colts 20 to 0. Richardson out of the gun. Play action, backs to throw. Good protection, leaking out right. Throws on the run, fires it upfield. The pass is caught by Indianapolis. This is Mo Alley Cox with a flag on the field and Mo Alley barrels across the goal line for a touchdown. Richardson goes out of the gun. They place the ball on the left hash. Shotgun snap. Looking to throw. In trouble in the pocket. Dancing left. Throws it upfield at the goal line. That's a catch. And then backpedaling his way in for the two-point conversion is Zach Moss. The Colts get an eight-point possession, and they're back in it to a degree. Second down and 10 for the Rams at the 25-yard line. Empty set for the quarterback who's got time. He's going to launch it over the middle, and that is a... It's a contested grab, and I think it's an interception by the Colts. It's Kenny Moore. Richardson looking to get in on a draw, and he does. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Richardson throws it upfield. Caught by Andrew Ogletree. He's in. Touchdown. Here we go. Two-point conversion to the two-yard line. Shotgun snap. Richardson angling right. Throws to a wide open Michael Pittman, and the two-point conversion is good. We are tied. Game tied at 23. First play of overtime. Back and throw is Stafford. Plants. He's going to shoot it upfield wide open in the middle of the field. That's a catch across the 40-yard line. And that is Puka Nakua, the rookie, with another big play. Stafford backs to throw in the pocket. Throws to a wide open player at the 5. And he gets in for a touchdown. And that's Puka Nakua. And the game is over. I thought our guys, they fought their tails off. You know, to be down 23 points. Obviously, we don't ever want to put ourselves in that hole uh, and have to fight back. But the way they fought and scratched and clawed to come back to tie that game up and have a chance to win in regulation, um, it shows signs of you know the toughness and the resilience of our football team but again it's not the result we want and uh, we got to finish games oh man oh man where do we begin on what happened yesterday in lucas oil it's the wake up call thank you so much for waking up with us kb and andy i'm andy sweeney he's kevin bowen mark dighton producing today's effort i'm looking at kb who is draped in notre dame today you look good and boy what we saw on sunday i thought we were gonna have to walk in here today and crush the colts <laughs> i thought that's where we were going and then quite a comeback only uh to lose it in overtime a very happy morning as we broadcast live in the drivehubler.com studios here on the fan kb good morning how's everything going you're looking good good monday morning it was yeah. quite the drama for the irish on saturday night i guess is uh, maybe how unlucky they were against ohio state they certainly got a lot of luck go their way in durham but nonetheless yesterday andy i Yes, the moxie in the fourth quarter from Anthony Richardson. How do you not love it? But boy, I cannot get over that start. Um, that start was just pathetic, frankly. And uh, from the EJ Speed penalty on, it, it really set the tone. And uh, disappointing to see. You know, very disappointing. I thought that was the. I thought the Colts looked like the Pacific Time Zone short week team traveling. You know, five thousand some miles. All of that. Um, I expected more from Shane Steichen and getting his team ready to play. It, it looked like a team that you know kind of rested on their laurels all week long, uh, and you just can't get down twenty three nothing in the NFL. Puts way too much pressure on the rest of the game. Obviously, the plan for Puka Nakua was pretty 
pukey if if I can throw an awful uh, pun at you at 7.04 good, in the morning. That, that is a terrible pun at 7.04 in the morning. There was a lot Kids of those good, in the uh, post-game headlines I'm sure we'll get to later. <laughs> yes, yeah, I did see a few of those. Uh, he's a good player, and, and what the hell was that in overtime? Like, it, when he caught the ball, I'm like, no way, that's him. Like, there's no way him. It's got to be Higby. It's got to be somebody is that else. wide open. I'm right. like, did they have an injury and Ben Skoranek from Fort Wayne, the Notre Dame product, <laughs> is making the game-winning touchdown? Like, there's no way on a third down with the game on the line in overtime, Puka Nakua is receiving social distance-type defensing from the Colts, but that's exactly what it was. So, certainly, you know, resilience, and again, Richardson's moxie in the fourth, you love that, but the start, man, just so ugly. And I thought your defense, easily, easily the worst game they've played all season. Yeah, you know, I know Joel A. Erickson uh, and the star wrote about, hey, they went out there and they didn't get enough on the O-line, they didn't get enough specifically at defensive back. You know what's interesting, you know, we talked, but I I didn't totally know, KB, how you were going to take this game. And here's the reason I mentioned that it's one of those where you leave and you're like you feel you feel like there is something there with Anthony Richardson right you saw some lows you saw a turnover you saw and he's partially responsible for the slow start but you also saw the magic did you not I mean you saw some of the things whether it be throwing the ball running the ball that you wanted to see and we have talked so much really the last couple weeks of, okay, it's all about Richardson, but then when you you beat Houston and you go on the road and beat Baltimore, what happened? Suddenly the wins and losses mattered, and suddenly now we're looking at these games different. We're looking at the first half different in the things that were to happen, and so, you know, I was thinking, okay, our Colts fans, I was kind of like pausing myself. I'm like, okay, you saw the good with AR, right? Like, you saw that. That got you excited. Let's pause That was an absolute winnable game, okay? It was a winnable game uh, despite you playing as bad as you could have played in the first half. And it was a winnable game, KB, late in the game, right? I mean, you shot yourself in the foot for over half the game. I mean, hell, it was almost fourth quarter, and Anthony Richardson had like 80 yards passing or whatever it was, and you still could have won the game. I got a lot of same old Colts. I, I don't mind. that. That's what I got a lot on Twitter. Wow, the Colts, this is what they do. They came back, but ultimately they lost. And you mentioned something, and it stuck with me the entire game, and it may be unfair to this guy, but EJ Speed's penalty absolutely set the tone for that first half. He's It set the tone, and it also, now I know there were plays after, but it gifted a touchdown to the Rams. It yeah. did. And you know when they punted, because they were going to punt the ball there because Matthew Stafford isn't yeah. going to run outrun anybody and get to the corner. They first punted the ball with 7.48 to go. In the whole game. <laughs> in the entire right. game. Right. Uh, in the EJ now there are several plays. Granson had a big drop. The play calling near the end of regulation. Three straight passes. Uh, there are things to dissect. I'm just so disappointed that you can make such a boneheaded play and whether it be an intercept or a fumble whether it be that kind of play by EJ speed, whether it be busted coverages, um, missed field goal, when you're not a good team, right? The margin for error is so much smaller and the Indianapolis ultimately didn't do those small things. Otherwise, they win the game. They're 3-1 and and we're talking about a huge game against Tennessee. Yeah, and again, Andy, when we live in these kind of like 24-hour periods right after these games, as much as I've tried to preach big picture, the raw reality of what happens on Sunday should be a very alive and real and you know if you're a season ticket member andy you now have walked out of lucas oil stadium you never see him win and it's seven yeah. straight losses yeah. you I never mean, see seven him win. straight losses in your own building i mean that is a big big number i think mike chapel had it yesterday second longest in the 40-year history of the indianapolis colts and so i think that's what kind of adds to the disappointment not to mention um, you know, your defense, as you just pointed to, you got an early stop, and all of a sudden you have such a dumb, dumb penalty. They were not in. Stafford wasn't close to the first down marker. That was on your own sideline. Speed was coming from out of bounds. They, they were giving up. The Rams were saying, all right, we'll punt the football. To make the tackle there and for you to get that early stop. And then if you give a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, and that's what I try to preach all week long, is don't let the two Hall of Famers play like they're in Canton. And I thought you helped them show why they Donald, unquestionably, is going to be in Canton. Stafford, whatever. I don't need to get into a Matthew Stafford Hall of Fame (laughs) debate. 
but there will be one for him. And I just didn't think your defensive line did anything to disrupt his timing enough. And then when he got hobbled there, midway through the third quarter, he suffered that hip injury. I mean, how clean was that pocket in overtime? It was so easy for him. And obviously, the plan for Puka Nakua was non-existent. Matthew Stafford targeted him 10 times, and he caught the ball on 9 of those 10 targets. That is an astronomical number. And, you know, you brought up briefly, offensive line depth. We talked about it on Friday that's where things really change. When we did the show Friday morning... Oh, we, we left here feeling good about the offensive know, Bernard line. Bernard Ryman yeah. was in the lineup. Ryan Kelly had just practiced full Wednesday and Thursday. Then all of a sudden, I get out there for the final practice of the week, and it's like, whoa, Ryman, concussion symptoms, waking up on Friday morning. Ryan Kelly's had a setback. And now... Because in my opinion, Ryman's the most indispensable Colt because of how deep of a drop-off you have from him to what you saw yesterday. And I don't want to act like I'm going to rip Blake Freeland for three hours. The guy should not be starting at left tackle after an offseason where he has primarily been on the right side. And if he is going to start there on a short week without really any practice time at that spot, you better help him out. He was put in a terrible position. I thought they left him on an island way too often. Again, Donald lined up opposite him a whole lot and just feasted. What do you think his body feels like after that game, after Aaron Donald's crashing into you? Quite the welcome to the NFL, Blake. (laughs) Here you go. For three hours, Aaron Donald's tossing you around. Mom and Dad, maybe you don't want to catch the flight here in Indianapolis <laughs> to see my debut. So I, I think those are some of the things, Andy, that just kind of stick out and they're like, well, that was a major question we had entering the year. Um, I thought the two just kind of overarching thoughts to me, again, Richardson starts, finishes the game, shows a lot to me in the fourth quarter. 11 for 25, that completion percentage has got to rise a little bit. You can't live at 40, 44%. We talked about that in the preseason. But what he showed me in the fourth quarter, that is an important step forward, really, from the Jacksonville game. And so I think you've got to be pleased with that. But that D-line group, I know DeForest Buckner was on a pitch count, but we're talking about a Rams offensive line that was banged up, and it just allowed Stafford to get pummeled on Monday Night Football. And I didn't think your D-line set anywhere near the tone that they had in the first three weeks. Quiddy Pay played like 52 snaps, and he didn't have a tackle. Well, like, I, I mean, that is your first-round pick in a pseudo-contract year. You needed more. You have to disrupt Stafford's timing. And... I thought the Rams established the run. Well, that was going to be much more, 164 much yards, much more than they have in the first three weeks. That that's not been a good th- running th- team. That that to me was my biggest takeaway. When they wanted to run the football, they could. It was those deflating things. Out of the first right. first down, they'll go clip eight yards on you. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's overtime. They had the, overtime. They had several, you yeah. know, kind of four or five, six yard runs that I just you know kept them out of that third down until the end there and. I guess it was miscommunication with Kenny Moore and Juju well, Brent. They trying thought Tutu Atwell was offsides, right? Or Kenny, a false start. Yeah, and Kenny, I think, and like looked at the ref, and, and all of a sudden he was backpedaling from the start. And you know, it's probably easier said than done, but that's one of those in that moment. You can't react towards the refs at all. I think the disappointment on that play is twofold. It's third down with the game on the line. If you're going to jump a route. Make sure both of you jump the Puka Nakua route. They both jump the Bryson Hopkins route. Shout out to Purdue product Bryson Hopkins. But that's not the one you want to jump in that situation. If you're both going to jump it, and if you watch it, Juju and Kenny Moore both do that, Nakua is then wide, wide open. So, wild day in the AFC South. It's very rare to see the other three teams all win. How about them winning by a combined score of 80-16? to 16? <laughs> Houston over Pittsburgh. Jacksonville over Atlanta. Yeah. Tennessee over Cincinnati. So now as we are completing the first quarter of the season, the AFC South in true fashion, the only division without a three or a four-win football team, they're all sitting there at two and two, baby. Is nothing a, defines the AFC South. It like really that. does. Isn't it? Isn't it perfect, Tennessee? After losing what you know, what they lose twenty-seven to three last week, they come back and basically do the same thing. The Bengals are done. The Bengals <laughs> are done. Done. Chase is already pissed off. So the Bengals are done uh, in that division. But yeah, I mean, the Titans come back and do what the Titans do. They run Derrick Henry a bunch, and they and they do their thing. Now, did you guys watch Mark? Did you guys watch any of the toys? 
story uh, did, for the yeah. morning game. How uh-huh. how did that look? I, I just viewed. I heard just rave a little reviews. bit of it. We did the uh, double TV. We, we were did, still locked in. On we the had Ryder the Cup. Toy Story broadcast on the big TV, and then we had the second TV with the regular broadcast, and it was pretty interesting at first because obviously there was quite a delay in the Toy Story. Oh, game gotcha! To right, Jaguars won. The live game. The so toys about, didn't have their batteries in. Is that like what you're two saying? Two or three plays behind. <laughs> I, I don't know if that was just my internet or if that was also because obviously they're. Slinky you know, needs his double A batteries. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with Slinky? All all three girls were, you know, loving it. Well, good. They watched it. They enjoyed. It. There were some glitches you, and everything like yeah, that. But you were the but demo. They got you to watch it. You were the demo. It was pretty entertaining. So there they, we go. They love the halftime show with Duke Kaboom, where he jumped over five double decker buses. <laughs> That was pretty cool. Now, KB, so, I did not get to, really good. I did not get to see it. I told Mark this. I did not text you guys. I know you were busy working and doing other things. Lil Gas came home yesterday. Oh, let's go! So, That's yeah, the biggest win of the weekend. It, it, that, that was a big win. So we were, we, yeah. were, we were home and we were planted in front of the TV at about twelve thirty-five. Nice. So, so he, uh, little man got to watch uh, a disgusting half of, of Colts football. He got to watch a pretty good comeback. He got to watch a little NFL Red Zone, and we got to get him to sleep before eight thirty tonight. So uh, to watch Daniel Jones, we'll just put him, we'll put him to bed maybe before we do that. Oh, so you need him up for the so second half. I was telling, I was, well, I'm we, sure, I'm sure he. We will need be. him in his little yeah, gas I, uniform. I, I, I'm, for tonight. Sure, I'm sure he will be. I know we need to take a break, but I figured I would throw that out there. So now begins. Last night started. The did I sleep or did I not sleep? Like I know I slept last night. It was a couple hours. I don't know exactly how much I Yeah, I don't know how much I slept. I don't know what time in the middle of the night I slept, but that's where we sit today. All is well in the Sweeney household. That's awesome. Uh, and listen, we can talk. The EJ listen, the EJ speed, um, you know, the I conversation at the beginning. It's the worst play of the game. There's besides the blown coverage at the end, the worst play of the game. Uh, I do want to get to you the seven thirty if we can. I know we got a check down coming up. I want to dive into those final um near the end of regular. The three straight passes. I found that to be interesting. How worried are you guys about the defensive backs? How worried is anyone about the offensive line? And then you need a lot of luck. And with the injuries on Friday late in the afternoon, you know, the Buckner, you could tell he wasn't going to be right. The offensive line wasn't going to be right. And all those are just bad luck things. Uh, There was some growth. There was some good stuff from Anthony Richardson. But ultimately, boy, I tell you, this this should have been 3-1 and headed to Tennessee. That's just the way I feel. Yeah, and again, getting down 23 nothing to me, that's so much more on how would your team react from a lot of praise. And I felt like it was a little bit of reading of that press clippings and how they started that game and getting out all three phases contributing to that as well. We saw Matt Gay, well, Matt Gay miss yeah. a field goal in that one. He is Andy Sweeney. I am Kevin Bowen. Mark Dykton is with us. We're certainly celebrating Mason Sweeney back in the yes. building. Again, Monday Night Football tonight, it'll be cool. Seattle and New York. We will recap a little bit of week four college football news. We saw a uh, offensive coordinator change in Bloomington. I'm sure that'll be the spark exactly that Tom Allen needs to resurrect this season. A whole lot to get to in what looks to be a very nice Monday here in Indianapolis. Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to The Wake Up Call here on 93.5, 107.5. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta. Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta. Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. The fan. All right, going to do our goats from the weekend. You know, it's always more difficult for me to come up with a positive goat of the weekend. The negative ones are easy. I have well, like f- I have like 15 names I want to bring up, but the positive one, I'm like, I don't know. Where well, do I go? That's shocking considering the caller that was trying to be positive. I hope his phone cuts out again. Are we really going to bring him on for a third come time? On, don't, act like, don't act like you guys weren't hoping when Tim said his exact same lead a second time, I'm a season ticket holder positivity, that it just... the 
phone would have crapped out and we just would have went back to the Colts being down 23 nothing. Come on. We need all the listeners we can get. Mark Dykton, queue up our GOATS segment here. Who is the GOAT? I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. Jordan, here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! That's what I'm talking about! That's why he's the MVP! That's why he's the GOAT! The GOAT! Or GOAT. This guy sucks. Of the week. All right, where do you guys want to start? All right. Who wants uh, to go first? Well, I'm going to go GOAT in all caps. Okay. And, you know, I think radio show callers are absolutely epic. And last week, we played this audio. Mark, do you have it? Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead and play this audio. This is from uh, Tom Allen's radio show, Inside <laughs> IU Football. I don't know if there's ever been a college football fan, let alone of Indiana football, that has a public proclamation lead to a firing. My name is Harold Simpson. I'm from Bloomington, Indiana, and Coach knows I've been to shows Coach. over and over again. Coach also Coach. knows that I've not been up here ever asking a question. <laughs> so are you nervous or what? I'm nervous. I don't like being here at all because I coached football for 10 years and played seven years of semi-pro football and, of course, did my high school career. So we got I, don't, I, don't, I don't like being up here with my section, all right? is extremely unhappy and since I'm the biggest yeller in the stadium, okay, screamer, <laughs> they are unhappy with the play calling coach, all right? And I'm going to tell you to a man, they love you, all right? So my statement is it's a business. And I, you know, and you understand what I'm saying, okay? Cuz you're the coach and we love you, all right? Oh, but Lord. it's a business. So <sighs> Harold, who loves Tom Allen that much? How about that? It's a dream for radio show in guest appearances (laughs) to take the mic, and your words lead to actions. And Harold, where did he say he was from? Did he? I maybe I missed it. He said Edgewood, Ellsville. Who who knows? Bloomington. Harold says I want Walt Bell gone without saying Walt Bell's name. And lo and behold, yesterday morning. Walt Bell is fired. That's my goat, a radio caller goat of the, the week. The best part of that sound is, uh, a, a, that man is from Pennsylvania. That's the accent that he has. Uh, that I loved, he gave his bona fides. I coached for 10 years. Oh, yes. And I uh-huh. played semi-pro football. That's what? a requirement to be on sports radio. <laughs> I, I, I played thousand percent. <laughs> yeah, but semi-pro. What was he playing? I mean, how old's Harold? He's 50s? I don't know. What was, was he an he Indiana play? Firebird? Yeah, yeah, 35 years ago. What was a semi-pro football that was in the state of Indiana? Anyway, Mark Dyson, you've got an all-caps GOAT of the week. Yes, this is one that I probably wouldn't have ever thought I'd pick in my life, but we're at week four, and the Tampa Bay Bucks and Baker yeah. Mayfield, look Gosh. out world. They might win the division. They would be three and one. Look like the runaway favorites in a very, very questionable NFC South. But how about Baker Mayfield? 25 completions yesterday, three more touchdowns. He's got seven TDs to two interceptions and a completion percentage just under 70%. He is he's making the most of his opportunity. In they Tampa play Bay. here in late November. I'll go quick here. Uh, Josh Allen's mine. Last three games, 10 touchdowns, only one interception. Was it 48, 37, 36 at offense? Is humming those three straight games. Uh, and to me, they move up back into that top tier in the I thought they were right below the top tier yesterday blowing Miami out they move up Josh Allen a huge part of that my lowercase goat people I literally just want to mm, Zach Johnson the US Ryder Cup captain Ricky Fowler for giving Tommy Fleetwood the putt to clinch the Ryder Cup I could go on and on Jordan Spieth was absolutely pathetic Xander Shoffley stunk pretty much everybody (laughs) not named Max Homa I could put on that list for the United States an absolutely putrid, pathetic yes. performance yes. by Zach Johnson as captain. What a wet blanket. I absolutely can't stand Zach Johnson's effort and his players as well. Uh, I'll give you mine. I was going to go with Belichick. I was going to go with Tom Allen. I'm going to end with Billy Napier getting blown out at Kentucky. That uh, was a lock you gave us, wasn't hey, now it? Listen, 0-3 in college, but 3-0 and in NFL. Ooh. I saved my ass on Sunday. That's called chasing, uh, if you want to know. So there you go. Billy Matt, Napier, please. Matt Eberflus is my bad. Oh. Okay. Justin oh, a a career day. You, you have yeah. the chance to get a go-ahead field goal, and you whiz down your leg because you don't trust the defense that you call plays for. You go off to a Broncos team that's horrid. I said earlier in the week, 
The Bears were close. Close to what close would to be what? my follow-up yeah. question. Close. They stink. Matt Eberflus especially close stinks. Close to the sun, I he think. He is in over accurate. his head. And guess what, America? Buckle up for Thursday night because you get Bears Commanders. Oh. Enjoy that. Sign up for Amazon Prime right now. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Unbelievable. All right, that's the ca- uh, that's How about the conversation. Start games, by the way. Did he just say we, we got to finish games there? Games. Did, did we miss the start yeah. of the game? I thought they finished fairly well, all things considering. God, I mean, again, toughness, resilience. We've talked about the fourth quarter moxie. I apologize for interjecting here, Andy. No, it's but, fine. But, but, but that one from Sykin kind of stands out of when you talk about a team that had just received gobs and gobs of praise all week long. Certainly, we were ones handing sure it out we as were. well. Um, they look like the Pacific time zone team on a short week, and they started the game with some dumb, dumb mistakes on really every phase contributed to it, uh, and I thought they were the poorly coached team for handling everything that was, again, given to them uh, through the last week or so, and, and when you do that, you're asking uh, for a historic comeback, and it, it's impossible for everything to go your way after that. Two three nine ten seventy, gonna go to the phone lines. Two three nine ten seventy, hanging out with you on the wake up call. Uh, Steichen sound. We'll get to some of that. Anthony Richardson as well. Let's transition before we go to the phones on Anthony Richardson. We wanted to see him finish a game. We wanted to see growth. We wanted to see him be put in situations that were new, that were different. Perhaps a big fourth quarter. And he checked a lot of boxes there in the second half. And I even thought earlier on, I want to know what you think, but, you know, I mean, whether it be scrambling or running the football, they came out and Anthony, now he did slide early on. Big cheer from the Lucas Oil crowd after the slide. He got a standing ovation, but uh, Shane Steichen said, we're going to run our offense. And they ran that offense and they were, I mean, listen, they, they ran Anthony Richardson up the middle. They did not mind doing that early on. Yeah, I think the first question we had last week, Andy, when it looked like Richardson was going to make his return is, okay, do we see any changes in playing style? Slash, do we see Shane Steichen call anything differently? Shane Steichen did not call the game differently at all. You had three design runs in the first eight plays of the game. Uh, you had, in general, you had a good amount. And I think he finished with double-digit number in in carries. Obviously, a couple of those are, are off of scrambles, but there was no hesitancy from the play caller in calling those plays. But I did think there were a few times where Richardson was smart mm-hmm. in the open field or maybe went out of bounds and realized, you know, the first play of the game is a perfect example. <laughs> I mean, it is literally zero to zero. The first play of the game. Literally the first play you of the game. You do not yeah. need to take Russ Yeast on in the open field or, or insert. Maybe, maybe you know, Russ Yeast. Was it Russ Yeast? Because maybe you could take him on, but there are other Yeast guys the maybe one you that don't take on. He had the big hit on McKenzie yes, uh, on the uh, on the Rams sideline there, the Center Grove product. But, uh, those are the types of moments, Andy, where you do want to see a slide or you do want to see him get out of bounds. So I thought that was important. We talked about would we see a little bit more deep ball. And I think if you look at the stat line for Richardson yesterday, Andy, that is a little bit more indicative of what we thought, or at least I, what I thought we'd see this year. The first two games that he played, it was like efficient, borderline dink and dunk. I'm like, man, that looks a little Mm -hmm. bit more Minshew-like even. Yesterday was a little bit more of the Richardson I thought we'd see. Inconsistency from a completion percentage standpoint, to say the least, 44% as he goes 11 of 25. But he had 11 completions for 200 yards. That's a big number. That means you hit on a lot of big plays down the field. We saw the ball to Pierce. I thought his best throw of the season, his NFL career so far, was the ball to Josh Downs. Um right down the seam as well. So a little bit more of that. Uh, The run game was the third thing that I thought we we were looking at. Okay, how would him and Zach Moss look? I mean, early on, Moss really didn't get going at all. I think at halftime, Moss had 10 yards on five carries. Um, And I thought the Rams really controlled the line of scrimmage. So that wasn't as dynamic as as I thought it would be. Uh, If I wasn't here to just bring this up, and I don't know if Jake were in this seat or anybody else, would you bring up today Jonathan Taylor? Because this week we're going to talk Jonathan Taylor. Today, is it worth bringing up Jonathan Taylor whatsoever? I think it can sit on the back burner until tomorrow. Okay, I'm um, fine with but that. But then it needs to get back on the front burner. And 
sadly, it, it does. I mean, it's not like I'm just looking for you know. Yeah. Oh, let's you know talk about you well, know, they, there were reports. Clicks, but, there were report this weekend. What was it, Jay Glazer? That right now there's just not a lot of interest in the league. Yeah, uh, about yeah. getting much back for Jonathan Taylor, and just we can move on. But. Thirty seconds from me on Taylor. What I've learned through the first four weeks is this, and, and I don't know if I needed the first four weeks to have this reminder. But this team lacks explosive playmakers. Period. Period. Yeah. And Taylor, of course, has got to play if he wants to get to free agency next year. Um, but I'm not holding my breath for all of a sudden him to practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and get 20 carries on Sunday. So let's uh, let's uh, save that for later in the week if you don't mind. <laughs> we'll have a lot for of time. All of our sanity. It's called Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. We'll be able to do all of that. Uh, so Anthony Richardson conversation, play calling down the stretch, the first half performance, the defensive effort, uh, all of that on the table. Two three nine ten seventy. Who do we have up? Aaron. Aaron's okay. been hanging in there for a bit. Aaron, good Monday morning to you. Good morning. And since I heard other callers already asked how you guys are doing, I just bypass that. Thank you. I appreciate that, Aaron. Fire away. You know, I know you guys like to come up with segments, but I got my own temporary one. Hold up, wait a minute. I'm about to get all up in it. Oh, oh, jeez. That sounds that sounds dicey. Tell me more. Tyree Kill. What are we talking about? Like that. I mean, the uh, critique of coaching staff. Oh, he showed how he was a rookie coach yesterday. You got this here Maserati with two minutes left in the game, and you're going to have him throw three times? That's the time to use his leg. Yeah, I thought he should have gotten scouting, out, out of the pocket there, Aaron. The whole scouting team, don't even collect your stuff. Just go. <laughs> Just go. You continue to draft from the schools of save a lot in Little House on the Prairie when you got the slack and the SEC molded with talent, molded with dogs, as they like to say. That's what they We need some ballers. I don't know why Pierce is still using a, a hard shoe on his helmet. It should be a Chicago Bear helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Dykton's catching strays on this Monday morning. He must be a relative. He must be Jim Mercedes' relative. He has to be. Aaron, thank you. Hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. Oh, That's man. our new segment, right? Hold up, wait a minute. Right. Exactly on that end. It, it, Andy, I think we fall into these traps when games get so close like that one was yesterday late. And obviously back and forth. I mean, both teams could have won it in regulation. Both teams had chances to win it in regulation. Obviously, the game goes into overtime. And the first thing Aaron points to when talking about coaching is that final drive in regulation. And we talked about in the opening hour. Richardson throws it three times. Mm -hmm. It's three incompletions and you punt. I would like to have seen Richardson get out of the pocket there. But if I'm going to rip Shane Sykin for yesterday, how do we not begin with the start of the game? That was absolutely pathetic. And again, EJ Speed's penalty set the tone. How would your team react to some praise, some winning, the rare two-in-one start? You're in sole possession of the AFC South. Well, you're back you're, home. You never win at home. You're you finally how back many times home. Guys got asked that in the locker room this past week. You're in yeah. sole possession of the AFC South. They heard all of that. It was the first time in a long time this franchise and those players have had to react to like all of this positive praise after a win on the road in Baltimore. And again, every single phase, whether it was a speed penalty, it was a Richardson fumble. How about the Michael Pittman false start when they're lined up to go for it on a fourth down? That all of a sudden moves you five yards mm-hmm. back. I think it's just a naturally deflating penalty. Matt Gay trots out there. Should Matt Gay make it from 47? Yeah, he misses the sure, field goal. Right. But you, from 42, yeah. he, he probably makes that. I mean, those are just things, again, every single phase contributed to it. So, you know, when we talk about psyche and we talk about coaching, I know we immediately react to the final minutes of games, and that's fine. You got down 23 to nothing for a reason. And that was a pathetic performance from a psyche locked in energy out of the gate. You can't get down three scores to a football team in the Rams that I don't think is very good. Well, the, the I agree with you. I think the only the only thing I would say is they did come back and they had a chance to win in regulation. Yeah, you had to come back because I, I you were so pitiful I, out of the I, gate. I, I know. And I just I can't know. ignore what goes on to get I mean 
Andy, teams in the NFL, they don't get down 23 nothing on their home field. When you're playing a team off a short week, when you're playing a team that's banged up with some injuries as well, that to me, for how much we are going to praise the, the, the toughness and the resiliency and, man, what an effort it was to come back in that game. Well, yeah, because you put yourself in that situation. Again, I think Shane Sykes done a lot of good through these first four weeks, and I do think Colts fans should be optimistic. But if we're going to react to yesterday... That was not good coaching at all. And again, Gus Bradley underneath him, Brian Mason underneath I mean, there are other avenues, the plan for Puka Nakua, all of that. It all falls into the same coaching boat. Yeah, I'm interested in what uh, Steichen is going to say today after he docks today, right? Yeah, about noon or so. What yeah, he's, a little bit later, yeah, yeah 2.30. About, yeah, but what he's going to say after they've been able to kind of uh, ingest, digest, whatever you want to say, the film. And what, you know, coaches always need to see the film, right, after the I need to see exactly what happened. Steichen said that about the blown coverage at the end. You're exactly right. I mean, I thought they were going to get just blown right out of the stadium. I mean, they did, you know, holding some field goals. They get a missed field goal, and they they kind of steadied everything to where they were able to come back. But the second half, you saw that the Rams weren't very good, right? I mean, you saw that the Rams weren't very good. Well, I think the Rams have shown. They're they're, a marginal team like you are. They're an an inconsistent team. And, you know, again, a big key for me all week long was don't don't let those Hall of Famers play like Hall of Famers, Donald and Stafford. And I thought you created a plan to where they could showcase themselves and why they were Hall of Famers. They're obviously, Donald and Stafford are great, great players. But I also thought the Colts, by not helping Blake Freeland out a whole lot, gave Aaron Donald even more opportunities to create plays. And by not disrupting the timing of Matthew Stafford, by not stopping the run early on, you let the Rams be balanced. You let Stafford have a relatively clean pocket. There were moments, certainly, where you hit him, but there were too many times, unlike what Cincinnati did the week before, 10 hits on Stafford, 6 sacks, you did not create those sorts of numbers. And then overtime, I I mean, that's one of the more seamless drives you're going to see. I mean, I know it came down to a third down there late, but the first whatever, six, seven plays of that overtime drive, I mean, wasn't it, was it, Pukunuku on the first play of overtime? It was right down the field. Yeah, I'd have to bring up the play-by-play here. Hang on just a second. It was, yeah, it was for 20 yards. I mean, it's like the first yeah, play of the game. First play, you 20 know, yards of, down the field. Yeah. All, I mean, you have that play, and then from there it was, you know, they get into a second and manageable. They get into a second man, and they just they didn't uh, encounter a single third down there till the end, and obviously you saw the miscommunication between Kenny Moore and Juju Brents there that allowed Pukunuku to get so wide open. 239-1070 here on the fan. Dave up next on the wake-up call. Dave, what's happening? Oh, Dave dropped off. Who we got up next? Oh, okay. We're answering phones. My apologies. Dave dropped. Yeah, like, no, I don't have a thing in front of me. No, no, I apologize. No, no, no. I went good. to Dave. I was all teed up. You have it in so front of you. Do we have again? Uh, go I, ahead. I, ask I, away. No, I don't want to go down the the ranting of the replays again. But did we get a good look at that Kylan Granson third down there? No, at the end? I got. I don't make me yell and scream about this again. People get very mad when I yell and scream about these sorts of things. No, the Granson. I could not tell if third down the in the Ram, Michael Pittman like, linebacker DB if he kind of got like his left hand. In there or well, not? Well, better or hope so. If not, drop. that is a flat-out drop that you got to make. You got to make that play. If the DB didn't get his hand in there, but again, no replay, no replay on the Pittman jump ball in the end zone where Pittman absolutely got raked across the face. There's no doubt about it. He did. I still think on that final Colts drive in regulation, if you're going to throw it three straight times, and to your point, Andy, minute 35 to go, you have the ability there. If you want to, you could sprinkle in a Moss run two, early on. You have two timeouts, or even a design run for Richardson, of course. Oh, Moss would have got four yards there. You had eight. You have 19 plays in the previous two possessions, KB. You ran the ball 12 times. And, and to me, the bigger issue is just get Richardson out of the pocket. That I mean, if you yeah. go back to the fourth quarter, I'm going to try and look this up. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to have to go back and actually chart it myself. But if I'd be very curious. His 11 of 25 day, I'd be very curious how many of those 11 completions came outside of the pocket. I'm going to guess it was a pretty high number. I mean, Obviously, he had the great ball to downs uh, over the middle from inside the pocket. Yeah. I mean, that was, again, I think his best throw as a pro. But for the most part, particularly in the fourth quarter, when you made that comeback, it was him. I don't know if you call it totally getting off script, but it was just forcing the Rams to defend a little bit longer on the back end. And I think that's the dynamic element to Richardson that 
you do walk out of Lucas Oil Stadium yesterday, and obviously if you're a fan, you're going to be pissed off. That's the seventh straight time you've walked out of Lucas Oil Stadium and your team's lost. That's going to be frustrating. But if we can focus on Richardson and his development for a second here, I think what he showed in the fourth quarter, that resolve, that moxie, making some plays, must-have drive. The clock management, I thought, late kind of turned that drive into uh, it's either this or Mm -hmm. it's not happening. You it know, started with like six and a half minutes to go right, on the clock. Right. It didn't need to be that lethargic or slow. Methodical, however you want to call it. Big tennish. It didn't need to be Iowa, <laughs> who, you. by the way, scored 26 points. We need to find out later in the week where that puts uh, Ference's son. Remember, didn't they have to right. average like 26 now, a game? I, I think they got a punt return, right? So does that help him? <laughs> I think it's just bottom points line points. Points are points. I doesn't think, matter. I think points are points for uh, Kirk Ference's son. Mark, who should we start with here from a call standpoint? Well, Ryan, we have to get to at some point because he wants to rel- relinquish his Bears fandom, but we'll, we'll get to Oh, boy. <laughs> Can we save that one? Yeah, oh, let, please, let's no. Go Drew, let's go to Drew first. Hey, Drew. How you doing? Hey, Kevin. Uh, Andy, wanted to talk about that fourth down where we decided to go for it. Yeah, fourth yep. and seven, right? I know a lot of people have been bringing this up. 23 to eight at the time, right? Fourth and seven. Right, and like if you kick that, we are within 12, and that touchdown drive at the end of the game is for the win and not to tie. And I just don't know if he's lost confidence in Gay, but I'll, uh, it was good to see you, Kevin, on Friday, and I'll listen off there. Yes, Drew, uh, as always, great to see you as well. Fourth and seven in that moment there, Andy. When you look at, again, that was, th- I've got the box score right here, mm-hmm. 340 to go late in the third quarter, you are down twenty-three to eight. At that point, to me, uh, that was from the Rams' thirty-one yard line, by the way. So about a forty-nine yard field goal for Matt Gay. I don't think it was anything to do with Gay's confidence. I know he had missed earlier in the game, but I don't think it was any of that. To me, Andy, I look at that, and that is Shane Steichen saying to himself, "The Rams have yet to punt today." There's a good chance the Rams are going to get to 26. They might even get to 30. And we have eight right now. We're going to have to score three times. I think that and and score a touchdown, you know, to get put more game pressure on them. So at that point, I know how the rest of the game played out. I I understood going for the touchdown there. If you look at it, the Rams actually missed a field goal on their very next drive. So they obviously had another chance to pad to their lead there. Uh, But some people had had an issue with that. Well, I. Here's what you know what I think when I see that that is new football versus old football KB is it not how many years until maybe the last couple years everybody kicks that field goal don't they your entire time growing up, everyone yeah. kicks that mm-hmm. field goal, don't right. they? And it's 23-11. to 11. And on the broadcast, I knew you were at the game, Jonathan Vilma immediately said, a field goal does you no good. And I sat there with little gas in my arms, literally, and I'm trying to think, what do I think? How am I going to talk about this? Right now, I didn't love the throw. Uh, I didn't love Granson. Uh, you know, I thought also he, he can go down and help his quarterback there. So ultimately, you know, that was one of those throws from the pocket that I think just lacked creativity, kind of like we saw at the end of the game. So that was more my problem. But that is old football and new football. And the new football, the numbers say no. We're going to go ahead and the numbers say we need to go for it. We're trailing 23-8. to And at that point, this is why I agree with you and not the caller. At that point, the the offense, you did not know that they were going to make the comeback that they did. At that point, Anthony Richardson had like 80 yards passing. <laughs> I mean, Anthony Richardson had none of them. I mean, what did he end up with? 200 yards passing? Yep. I mean, at that mm-hmm. point, he had had none of the fourth quarter heroics. At that point, Shane Steichen cannot think, okay, well, the fourth quarter, we're going to have a bunch of heroics where, you know, this decision might be costly. To me, I like him going for it there. I think I support that more than not. Do you? Because yeah, I do. And again, I think it probably had a little bit to do with the lack of trust in your defense as well. The Rams sure. had yet to punt at that point of the game there. So I think he is thinking to himself, man, the Rams are going to get to at least 26, maybe even 30 here. We've got to try, and you know, one of our best drives of the day, we've got to try and score a, a touchdown here. Again, I know that we fall into this trap, Andy, of let's focus on that fourth and seven. Let's focus on that final, pl- final drive and regulation with the three straight incompletions. And yet, 
we've had no caller talk about the start of the game. Right. Talk about the EJ I, speed penalty. It's because, they, about, it's because they came back. That's just what yeah, it is. But, like, we just can't I, ignore listen, the, what happened the, in the first the, half. The, the, I mean, the, you, the, the speed penalty kills me. You know that. I told you during the break. It bo- it's bothered me as much as any play of the Colts of this entire season. You it said it was a touchdown. A, yeah, you said it was the dumbest play of the season. I, I would agree with that up to this point. Um, how many teams have come back from down 23 nothing in NFL history? You know the answer to this? No, I don't. Okay. I, what, <laughs> yeah, because do I don't 5%? either. Five percent? Oh, I mean, yeah, probably it's a low number. I would imagine. Like, and how get, many of those are good teams? On top you, of it, you can't get down twenty three nothing. I mean, that to me, before we dive, you know, super deep into the nitpicking of a fourth and three and what happens in the final drive of regulation, sure, it was a hell of a comeback, great resiliency, all of that. But because of poor coaching, dumb plays, every single phase not showing <laughs> up, you got down twenty three nothing, and if you're you're going to put your win percentage at 5%. I can't lose too much sleep over a fourth and seven here. You know, what happened at the end of regulation? Uh, where did you see Caller Aaron, by the way? Where did you guys see each other? You no, said, Drew. Oh, was that yeah, Drew? Drew? Yeah, Drew and I took in a little Butler basketball practice on uh, on Friday afternoon. Look at you. The media man never sleeps. Look at yeah, you. so left Talk, Colts. It was, again, it was a busier Friday of the Colts I know. Than, than I thought you it would be. You talking to Thad Mata? What do you, what do you have going Saw on? Saw Thad. Okay. That is a... Um, that's a very new look Butler team. Much needed new look Butler team. A little bit more size this year for the Bulldogs. Couple okay. transfers that hopefully will provide some scoring pop in the backcourt. But uh, okay, yeah, they, was uh, this, they needed a big overhaul. Was this open to the public, or was this KB and a few other guys got the got the call to get oh, down there, there some, and watch yeah, some practice? I, I, I don't know if it was outright like open to the public, but there were certainly a few other you okay. know, non-normal invitees. Always good to see Greg Oden in the building. Greg Oden comes over and hands me the practice report, and is like, "Hey, I'm Greg," and I'm like. Yeah, man. I know. Yeah, it, it, does Greg Oden need to... I know, I mean, but like, what a nice dude. I, no, I mean, that's nice, but he doesn't need to do that. Yeah, but Obviously, I, I, he doesn't need to do that. I said to Maddie, I was like, <laughs> you know what? Like, at one point, I mean, obviously, Greg Oden was in a LeBron James type of breath, you know, in terms of the hype and all of oh, that. sure he was. And it was cool just to see him... Seemingly very happy. I, I asked this. I, not I know to, I'm getting a little bit sentimental no, with that. But I like, like that. Look, I mean, Greg's a, probably been through a whole lot off the floor. Oh, you think so? And, yeah. And, and certainly injuries played into that as well. But um, it was cool to see him enjoying what seems to be a fun role for him. How, with, how uh, many? With I mean, is he? I asked this not to be snarky. I mean, he had so many like knee injuries. Yeah, he and looked every, fine. Oh, so he's yeah. walking around good because yeah, I was like worried fine. about him. Like, damn, how many? He had how many surgeries right. over a ten year yeah, period? Was the micro fracture. Yeah. Right? Was that the yeah. big knee stuff? Oh yeah. And, yeah, let's do one more caller here before we get to a morning check down. Mark, who should we um, toss in here? Let's go with Tim. Tim! How are you, Tim? Hey, good morning. First of all, I love the show. So Thanks, Tim. I appreciate that. I love you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Hey, um, I, I just want to point out, I'm a season ticket holder, and I, everything I've heard is negative. I mean, we, we were supposed to be awful. I, I feel like we're... Ten times better than I thought we would be. I'm so pumped for Anthony Richardson. I, I did not like the pick, but now I he's the best pick. No. Oh, that's oh. what that's what happens when a positive caller calls in to the wake oh, of call. Where was he going a, with on that? A, on a losing Monday, we cut you off. Mark, can you try and get him back and maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe even take him off air just to hear what the mm-hmm. pot. I don't know if he was going here, but I do want to mention one individual yesterday, and I just posted this on the website. The best. Uh, game of his three-year career, and that is Dayo Adangbo. Yeah, Andy, I know you haven't been in this market throughout the Adangbo um, career, but he was drafted in the second round out of Vanderbilt. He tore his Achilles back uh, right around the combine of, of his draft. Second round pick. I'm not sure I've seen Chris Ballard gush over a draft pick more than Dayo Adangbo. And he played yesterday a bigger role with DeForest Buckner, scaled back due to his injury situation. Adangbo had seven tackles, mm-hmm. four quarterback hits, one and a half sacks. Those are big numbers mm-hmm. for a defensive lineman, especially one that's rotating in. So yeah, Vilma was praising him on the on the broadcast. Yeah, rightfully so. Probably about the only guy on the defense who was yeah, getting that sort of praise. Could not agree more. I thought a really, well, really strong game I, from Dio Adangbo, and much needed considering again Buckner only played twenty snaps due to missing practice all week. And Quiddy Pay had uh, zero tackles and 50-some snaps. Before we go to the check down, and we'll take more calls again, 239-1070 here on the fan Tim, on call reaction back and Monday. tell Mark what was your positive well, spin. I, I, I think this is this is the reason as as I learn, uh, and as, as, I, as, as I learn you and other people, there, there was a positive yesterday, um, and I... 
and I have been not hesitant, but I have been interested in how that positive KB was going to be viewed and how it was going to be viewed the Sunday and the reaction Monday after the game and how that was going to be viewed kind of as we go throughout the week because Anthony Richardson did some special things yesterday. And I think if you're a realistic fan, and this has always been the problem, and me and you have talked about this over the coming weeks, as soon as you start to win some games, the games matter a little bit more, right? Well, especially yeah. in the raw 24 hours Espe- after. Especially uh, yeah. to, you know, last night and today. I mean, Understandable. You've lost seven straight games at but, home. But there is a, you're 2-1, and one and you're looking around the AFC South, and before yesterday, you've seen Jacksonville be generic as hell. You've seen Tennessee uh, be bad, right? I mean, early on, I know, oh, listen, I know they're 2-2. Two and two. Everyone in the NFL they is basically 2-2. They away two. from home. They're kind of good at home. Just, that's, that's exactly what they've been doing. typical type being two and two in the way that they've been blown out and then the way they've blown out a team is so Tennessee Titan and then you know we thought Houston was garbage you beat Houston on the road and now Houston and CJ Stroud maybe don't look so bad and so you look and you start to dream and you don't view yesterday's game as we're playing with house money or uh, Anthony Richardson had a big second half and a big fourth quarter and because of that you leave with positivity Uh uh-uh when they were two Two and one, and you go on the road and you beat the Baltimore Ravens. I've used this term. I'm sure people are tired of hearing about it. We've had to marry those two narratives together about the maturation of this head coach and Anthony Richardson, but now we're also talking about getting wins. And that wasn't the conversation. You know, we, we had Bob Kravitz on and other people. You know, I picked them to win five games this year. Well, you start out two and one, and you have a chance in regulation with a buck and whatever it was, a buck 50 on the clock to go win the game in the fourth quarter, and you don't do it. That's different than, you know, Mark thinking about his Bears or me uh, about the Giants or a number of bad or mediocre teams that are right now in the NFL. I I just, that to me, I I think, uh, was it Tim that called in? I think Tim represents a segment of the fan base. I don't know how big of a segment of the fan base it is. I mean, there were positives yesterday. I just feel like we're not viewing them as much because we expected this team to go out and win yesterday. We did. And again, I think the disappointment from yesterday comes from Andy. Andy, what you expected coming into the game with the Rams dealing with their own issues, the short week, and the non-starter for me is your defensive front showing up every week. You've invested too much into that group for it not to show up, particularly when you're playing an offensive line that doesn't have a bunch of Walter Jones, Joe Thomases, and Larry Allen on it. They were, again, backup left tackle for the fourth straight game. They had their issues on Monday Night Football. I think that's where the, the disappointment comes into play. With Richardson, again, wasn't perfect, but how do you not watch the fourth quarter and walk out of Lucas Oil Stadium and think, that dude wasn't deer in headlights. No. That dude delivered some big-time no. plays for you. That, to me, is the most individual encouraging sign from yesterday. And in my opinion, that's 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 the biggest thing that matters. You can still have the raw emotion of, again, you've walked out of Lucas Oil Stadium now for seven straight games that's and an watch unbe- your team that's lose. That's an unbelievable number. I mean, listen, they can't lose to Tennessee. You that can't be eight in a row. That is so deflating, disappointing. I get all of that, so I can understand that side of it.